This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 303, the M. Night Shyamalan Superhero Trilogy Retrospective, Glass. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend, Bummer. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friend... Steve McDonald. That's right. And we are here to talk about the movie Glass, the third part in the M. Night Shyamalan uh, superhero trilogy. I don't know what other people are calling it, but that's the easiest thing for me to call it because I didn't want to look up what other people are calling it. It actually so, has a name. It's, yeah? It's the name of the trilogy is a reference to the train that he was on. So it's the, yeah, you, you mentioned that last episode, but did you look it up yet to see? What <sighs> I did. And then I just forgot. So, oh. you know what? I'm just going to look it up now. So just keep rolling. Pretend like I haven't said anything. I will yet. pretend like you are not using Google right this minute. And I will just say, so this is the third movie in the trilogy and <laughs> came out <laughs> just recently. Uh, this opening not weekend, Googling. $47 million. Not Googling. On a $20 million budget, something like that. And they are expecting this week to get to get uh, international uh, $90 million. Not a failure. Not a failure as far as the money goes. Wow. Yeah. So the name of the, the series, I don't know if people know this. This I'm just you know throwing it out because it's just knowledge that I have at the tip of my fingers here. Because um, <laughs> you're just that, like a, a total... Like you are all in on this trilogy, right? Well, I've seen all three of them, so that's something. Yeah, and you're you're but just the, studying it and taking all the detail. Yeah. Anything that DuckDuckGo has on it, I'm just laser focused. So it's the the East Trail number one one seven trilogy. I'm just gonna call it the superhero trilogy because you know East Trail number one one seven is the the name of the the train in the first episode that. In, in Unbreakable. Yeah. The, if anyone hasn't seen Unbreakable, why are you listening to this? So, I mean, we're going to make some, you know. So anyway, it's the train. Well, let, let's, let's, let's talk about that for a second. We are going to, for the first little bit here, talk about uh, Glass, spoiler free. But in that conversation, we may have to spoil Split and Unbreakable. And if you have not listened to it yet, we did do an episode. The, the previous episode was about Split and Unbreakable. So listen to that, get the first two parts of the trilogy, and then come back for this one and get the third part of the trilogy. 
And I'm still going to call it just the superhero trilogy because M. Night Shyamalan directed it. There's three movies and they're about superheroes, kind of. East Trail 177. Uh, you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> but I know I will not remember that. And that is really long and convoluted and unnecessarily complicated name for a trilogy. But you know what THX 1137 is, right? I mean, it's just like. Except it's THX 1138. It's, it's 11. You're right, it is. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So, so, yes, I can remember some things, okay? But You know what? That's kind of funny because you know what? The numbers, 137, have been like haunting me for the last five years. And I just turned 1138 into 1137. These numbers are haunting me. I could do an entire episode on this. I'm serious. I feel like but I'm... At, in a movie right now i feel like i'm in an m light Shyamalan movie right now seriously i mean it's weird I'll, i i could go into it but it would sidetrack this entire thing but it's weird that i did that because i know 1138 and i just made it into 1137 so but yes i do know what thx 1138 is right and that's a movie by george lucas what's uh what's east trail 177 well, apparently it's what you're telling me is <laughs> the name of the train that derailed in Unbreakable. But That's right. Uh, but I'm still – I'm just going to stick with Superhero Trilogy. I mean that's what I branded our, our first episode in the series of yep. two. So. so you can go back and just change it to East Trail. It's not happening, man. It's not happening. All right. I'm with, I'm with you then. So the we're going to talk about this without spoilers – right now and talk about glass what we thought about it in broad strokes we're going to rank the three uh, movies in the trilogy and we are also then going to play the spoiler organ and talk about this thing with spoilers and if you don't intend to see the movie or if you've already seen it then that's perfectly appropriate for you to listen to if you do want to see it without being spoiled beforehand then that would be the point where you could turn it off and during that discussion we will talk about just the trilogy itself. Well, I guess we can talk about it before the spoilers too. How does the trilogy stand up as a trilogy? So right. there's that. But before we do, do you know what I did for homework between last episode and this? Did you rewatch everything again or something? No, but I happened to be walking through Walmart and they have one of those bins oh, with DVDs those for three seventy four each. Oh dear. And you, you know, that's get? the price of a rental. So I yeah? got the last airbender. Oh, okay. And I watched The Last Airbender. Oh, And so I've never seen the cartoon Avatar, The Last Airbender, which they did not use the word Avatar because they didn't want people to, you know, confuse it with Avatar and uh, the James Cameron movie. And there was no no worry for that. Um, (laughs) And and I'll be honest, it was – I like to give this review phrase when I talk about some movies. It was mostly harmless. You know, it it just, uh, it was a bland, all ages kung fu movie to someone who had never seen the cartoon before. Apparently, it's an anathema and it's an affront to just all that is right and good in the world if you (laughs) like the cartoon. But if you've never seen the cartoon before and you watch this movie, you're, you're not going to get, um, it's not a great Kung Fu movie. It's a terrible Avatar The Last Airbender movie, and it's not a very good M. Night Shyamalan movie. 
So that's that's my review of that. So I think I've seen all of his movies now except for Lady in the Water. Oh, and the movie he made before before Sixth Sense, which I can't remember the title of it right off the top of my head, but I did see. He made a movie before Sixth Sense? He did. It had Rosie O'Donnell in it. But I was just really curious because, you know, Evan is a huge fan of that cartoon and he keeps yeah. wanting me to watch it. And I am I want to, but it's one of those things where, you know, I don't know if I have the energy to really jump into something full fledged right now. And so I just have been holding off on it. Um, and he hates that movie. <laughs> he detests that yeah. movie. So that's another reason why I wanted to see it. And I was kind of hoping it'd be really, really good. And I could just say, dude, just because it's not your cartoon doesn't mean it's not good because it's so good. It was really, really, but it's really, really bland. And <laughs> it's, it's what this movie could have ended up being. There's not much to say about it. There's no real anything to it. It's, it's nothing to seek out. And now I have a copy of it physically in my house that I paid as much as a rental for it, though. So I don't know what I'm going to do with it throw it away maybe <laughs> i don't see myself ever can't. pulling it out and watching it with my kids because there's plenty of other things that are better to watch with them so maybe you can't re-record over those things because remember cassette tape that's right like if you got a cassette tape and it was bad you could just put you know scotch tape over the the tabs yep. that had broken off and you could record anything you wanted anyway <laughs> uh yeah so glass steve uh, what's your initial impression of glass? What'd you think, man? Like when the movie was over, what, what did I think? Yeah. Yeah. When it was done and you're sitting there watching the credits, which were really neat to watch. Their credits were fun to watch. Yes. Yeah. And it was nice to see, uh, some of the actors and actresses that didn't make it into this film, but, uh, you know, they, they were part of the trilogy. So they, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was that was nice. Um, at the final, you know, as the credits were rolling, I thought to myself, with all the flaws that it had, and it had a lot of flaws. It was, it was interesting how, and I don't want to ruin it because we're not in spoilers yet. Right, right. So it, be it was careful. interesting how if you look at it a certain way. It's sort of mind blowing. And if you look at it another way, it's sort of meh. So, you know, I'm like right now, I'm sort of like in between. I'm like, you know, if you look at it just as a modern, you know, if you're going to see the Avengers type of a thing, you wouldn't want the Avengers to end up, you know, any any type of an Avengers, X-Men or any of those types of movies to end this way. Because... It's just, it's burgeoning. It's penultimate. It's all these long, big words. You know, it's, it's, it's ripe for the picking. And you're just like, right there. <laughs> I, I, I think I know where you're going with this because it almost feels like if you went to see Infinity War, but you knew that was the last movie in the series. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, th- that's to say it ended, but it didn't feel like it ended, mm-hmm. but it definitely ended. Whereas with right. Infinity War, it ends, but it doesn't feel like it ended because it's not done. There's, right, you know, there's another one. There's like three more movies coming that you know are coming. 
Yeah. Plus dates that have already been re, you know claimed for other movies. So um yeah, yeah. I I am I'm, I'm agree I yeah, I'm with you Steve. The uh girl sitting behind me in the theater. Um <laughs> I was sitting there and I was actually feeling pretty good because no one was sitting in front of me, no one sitting behind me. I was sitting off to the side, but I wasn't sitting near anyone. I felt great. And and then a, a group came in and sat down right in front of me about halfway through the previews. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, they're just in front of me. And I can't put my feet up, but I probably shouldn't do that anyway. You know, that's kind of rude. Right. Uh, and then this group of four late high school, early college. That's where I'm guessing around in there, around 18, 19, 20 years old comes and sits behind me. And they were being loud. They were talking. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, man, I... I hope that this is just because of the previews um, and that when the previews are done, they're not going to talk, but they're, they're so talkative right now. I'm afraid <laughs> they stopped when the movie started, they stopped. I'm like, okay, good, good. Now they did put their feet up on the chairs around me, but nobody put their feet up on the chair that I was sitting in. So that's good. Um, but then when the movie was done, this girl behind me, I don't even know. I don't know what she looked like. I don't know anything about her. All I know is I heard this voice say, that was good. That was really good. Didn't understand it, but that was really good. <laughs> and I'm just like, wait, what? So apparently the emotional journey that this movie took her on was great, but the intellectual journey that it took her on was a little confusing. And, That's funny. and then I also heard heard a couple of them talking about like, I feel like maybe I should have seen the other two. I knew it was, I knew it was a sequel to one movie, but then I, I think it's also a sequel to another one. And, and then the other person said, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I was wondering about that. If, if maybe this would have been a better experience if we had seen the other two and I didn't say anything like, yes, you're right. But, um, you know, but they kind of, in some ways echo my own feelings of just the emotional journey of glass was actually a pretty cool ride when, cause you're watching these characters. Now you're watching, um, Mr. Glass this many years later being a bad guy. You're watching, uh, David Dunn this many years later and his son has grown up and now he's on the, he's searching out, uh, the horde, you know? So he's trying to get, um, uh, what's his name? McAvoy, James McAvoy. Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. Yep. He's seeking out the, the bad guy, the horde. And it's, that's cool, you know, and then things happen and, and things start going in directions you wouldn't expect it to. And, um, but then when you start thinking about it, uh, it's, it wasn't super satisfying and, and intellectually the journey wasn't, wasn't as, as good. Um, but I will say this. This was really cool to see someone um, pull some strings together from a old, old, old project that they worked on. And now they're coming back to it and they're creating something out of that old thing and creating a sequel to it. And then even using deleted scenes um, yep. from that movie so they could, you could have these flashback scenes with the characters when they were that old or that young, I should say. Right. And you had talked about a deleted scene last 
uh, last week that I didn't remember, but there was one deleted scene that they showed in this movie that I absolutely remembered. And I even thought it was in the movie. I'm watching it. I'm like, this was just from the other movie. And then I remember, no, I just watched the other movie. That wasn't in there. That must have been one of those deleted scenes that I apparently have watched. So that, that was where the work of genius comes in. There was a lot of, you know, clicking pieces together and trying to figure out where are these pieces going to come together. And from a, a puzzle making storyteller perspective, there's some really neat stuff going on. Right. But but then I'm just, well, wait a minute. What about that? What about this? (laughs) And act one and act two were pretty good. And act three started getting a little uh, convoluted. And then it gets into act four and you're just like, wait a minute, there's another act here. So (laughs) yeah. So that's kind of my initial feelings, but it's hard because you're right. I mean, it was well made, but it just didn't hit perfectly for me. I I don't know. I don't know. See, I think my problem is I think M. Night Shyamalan, it seems like he is the writer, director, producer. And since he's M. Night Shyamalan, it seems like he either surrounds himself with yes men or just doesn't surround himself with anyone who might be, uh, you know, a <laughs> the creatively right no critical. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The right no men. Um, creatively critical about his, his process because he's making these movies. And it's just like, if you're making a superhero movie, you're missing little things and especially if you're making a super superhero movie that is a meta superhero movie where one of the characters understands superheroes to the point where he's you know he's a, a comic book master and i mean some of the scenes are shot in comic books and th- in comic book shops and things you have scenes of actual comic books and and you know stuff like that people are talking about comic books and in memes and and uh all these different things and he's not building a comic book style of movie. It it worked at least in Unbreakable. I, I feel as though it worked, um, but almost you know not because of the way he did the movie. He did the movie in in more of a, a horror type of a way, and it has that you know that that type of a payoff. But when you're watching these movies you know, you're, it's, it's like the wrong vibe coming in. You know? You, you know what it is though? You're talking about this, you know, it's not done like a comic book, you know, which you're not going to do into the spider verse. Have you seen that yet? I haven't. No, okay. I I'm not going to tell much. I'm anyway. not going to say much about it other than it definitely dives into its roots as a comic book inspired film. You know, the, the, the character and the medium are both, part of the movie that they made and it's it's fantastic and then you have ang lee experimenting with incredible hulk um or regular hulk Mm -hmm. yeah incredible no just hulk his was hulk i think it was just hulk yeah and you have him experimenting with it and that kind of works it's kind of neat um but then you have the big colorful mcu movies where they're like we're not going to pretend we're not going to do any kind of you know panels and stuff like that we're just going to do the movie in the style of a big giant blockbuster CGI movie. Mm-hmm. 
but it still feels like there's comic book roots to it, you know, because the, the way they're doing things and the t- kinds of things that the characters are doing. This movie, it feels like an independent comic book. This movie feels like um, it's from one of those publishers in the 90s where, <laughs> you know, just all of a sudden you have a thousand publishers in the 90s and they're all trying to cash in on that um, – image dollars that are that's out there and and you have this this speculators boom and all that and so you have image you have value you have all these these companies that have money behind them and then you also have these other companies over here that are just you know like well we can do that too you know and they're doing their their black and white comics they're you know and i say we have these other companies here i'm actually literally talking about myself with some of that um (laughs) yeah where you know where we had community comics going and we're like we can do this and we're going to tell these stories that are going to be meta you know and and watchmen inspires everyone you know we're going to deconstruct superheroes and we're going to deconstruct right. comic books with everything we do and and so you have um us making hero tv which is a deconstruction of of superheroes awesome. but a christian deconstruction and then yeah. hopefully at the end it's a reconstruction you know and and so we're trying to just well this is what it was wrong with superheroes, but this is what's right with them. And that's kind of what you get here with with both Unbreakable and with with this movie, where it's kind of a, a deconstruction, but also a little bit of a reconstruction. The problem is vocabulary. And mm-hmm. um, I'm not going to get into the details here, but it's the same kind of thing we talked about with Split and Unbreakable, where he kind of makes up – he takes existing vocabulary and makes up his own definitions for them. To fit the metaphor of the movie. And so uh, my, my movie mm-hmm. has this metaphor and I am going to take this concept from comics and it doesn't fit my metaphor perfectly, but that's okay because I'm just going to write it as if it does. And, and that's where it just kind of <laughs> frustrates me because I'm watching I'm thinking, wait, he could have just used this other phrase over here and it would have made sense. Or he could have just avoided it altogether. Um. And I I don't want to say anything more than that because I don't want to you know get people watching for the specifics. But um, yeah, it, it just the movie itself. It, there's there's moments of brilliance in the acting and the directing and the writing, and then there's just kind of moments of goofiness in the writing and the editing. In my that's in my opinion. So that's that's my overall review. It's brilliant and goofy it works wonderfully and then falls down spectacularly (laughs) yeah that might be um a good way to put it (laughs) okay so steve then here's the question how do you rank these three movies in the m night Shyamalan superhero trilogy or eastbound lakeside 89 (laughs) trilogy it's not what it is um Okay. Yes. <laughs> Just as I, I won't go into why, because that's for the the spoiler section. Um, but I'll just say I would rank Unbreakable first, Glass second, and Split third. And, and I'm with you on that. I, I do feel like this is better than Split, but part of that being better than split is some of the stuff we talked about last time with the thematic stuff that right. didn't quite hit well. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree. How do you think it stacks up as a trilogy? I almost wish he would recut Unbreakable and just make it as long as he wants it. And instead of, you know, the scene where, you know, in the middle where he um, touches the guy in the train station and then goes and then, you know, rescues that family, et cetera, et cetera, just recuts it to be, you know, that split <laughs> and, or, you know, that's, that's that character. And then just work on it from there. So, you know, you get to the end of, you know, whatever. It, and it just re, re does the entire thing the way he originally intended to have it done. Um, I think he's the type of person though, where he's just reconciled himself to, you know, this is set in stone. I'm not going to go and, you know, redo another version of that. I have a different universe that has these characters because, you know, whatever, whatever. And he just worked within his own limitations. Sort of like star Wars, you know, George Lucas said, you know, well, I want to, I only have one shot at this, you know, I'm going to make one movie in 1977. And if it's lousy, then at least I want to have all the cool stuff. Like, you know, the, the huge death star from the third act, I want that in there. So I'm going to put that in this movie and the, the Wookiees who we're going to introduce later on in the the story, you know, I, I want to have at least one. So, well, okay, he can be the, 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 the co-pilot, you know, and then you have these, things that seem out of place if you look at the whole trilogy because it's like okay you have a death star and then you have another death star at the end because he didn't like think of something better than the death star except something just bigger you know and you never get to see the wookie planet or the wookies introduced because when it got to that part he just said well you can't introduce the wookies as this hidden race because we already have one so you get the ewoks so he just sort of worked within his own limitations and turned out, you know, what he thought was the best thing at the time. I can only imagine. I'm not a mind reader, but yeah, no, I I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, I, I I I personally I wouldn't want him to go and recut it because you know they did age and everything. But right. yeah. uh, so on on that level though, I like the idea of this. Here's this movie twenty years later. Here's the characters twenty years later. And here's these two seemingly unrelated movies, but we're going to dovetail them together. And in Unbreakable, we have kind of the origin story of the hero. And in Split, we kind of have the origin story of the villain. And then in Glass, we bring them both together. And, you know, we're focusing on kind of three different characters. Uh, so with Glass, it really is kind of it's it's kind of Glass's story but mainly because he makes it his story. Like he steps in and says, this is my story. And well, uh, you know, and, and so you have, I, I just, I like that he stepped in and said, I'm going to take this creative challenge and I'm going to do this. And, and my, my movie split made enough money that we can actually do, go ahead and do this thing. Right. I mean, if you look at it one way, it's all glasses story. Yes. Yes. You know? And, and if you look at it another way, it's, you know, it's a Superman Lex Luthor kind of thing where you have the hero and the villain rising up next to each other. And yeah, I mean, it's that that's the thing, though. That's where it just frustrates me because it's, it's there's so much good to it. 
but then there's also just this stuff where I'm just like, I, I can't go with it. You know, I just, <laughs> you, just you lost me on this, on this journey here. Yeah. And what, what part of the movie do you think was like that breaking point where you, you said to yourself, if it had done something here and gone off on that tack, I would have, I would have been able to sign on for it. But, uh, I would say the last third of the movie, maybe quarter of the movie, if it had just been edited a little bit differently, it might not have even been a problem for me, but we'll get into the spoilers. Um, but the, everything leading up to kind of the finale is pretty good. And then you get to the finale and it's like, I almost felt like it was M night Shyamalan trying to out M night Shyamalan himself. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to have, we got to have the twist, got to have the twist. And I felt like one of the twists was really good. And then another twist was not great. And, and they just kind of didn't go well together. And then the real, the reveal of another twist was just kind of, well, that's not, that's not revealing anything. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> I already knew that. <laughs> like, okay. Uh, yeah. We'll talk about it in spoilers. Okay. So I think I gave this three stars on my letterboxed, um, which is this, I think I've split three or three and a half and then unbreakable. I know I gave four or four and a half, but I like the movie. It just let me down and I would have liked it a lot more if it, honestly, I would have liked it a lot more if it had not been M night Shyamalan, same movie, different director's name and not, part of the un- unbreakable series i might have liked it a lot more so if it was like a spirit movie <laughs> you know hey that reminds me though we were talking about all the franchises superhero franchises that sam yeah. jackson is a part of yeah and you brought up the spirit as the third you know he's part of star wars he's part of mcu sure he's in the spirit whatever but yeah. he's part of the incredibles franchise that's right i i we, we totally missed that one. I know. So. I completely blanked. All right. Let's talk spoilers. I'm going to play the spoiler organ and we're going to talk about details. Okay. Spoilers. 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 Limited edition, Steve. Limited, limited edition. Edition. What? Yeah. What was? What did that even mean? <laughs> All of a sudden, she starts talking about. Well, my son tells me about a limited edition that is when the heroes come together for a final showdown. And I'm like, right? No. All she has to say is, my son tells me about a final showdown. I I, I don't know. It's like he took this phrase and he just turned it into something that meant nothing. Yeah, it's, I mean, a limited series, but no, you know, even that, and it, it would be like a one shot. Like if there was a one shot, like, you know, the Spider-Man versus Superman one shot. Well, I, I, I get, you know, you, yeah, I get the idea though. An annual, you know, that mm-hmm. annual issue, something big is going to be happening. That issue giant size, giant size Spider-Man. There's going to be something big in that issue and also a bunch of reprints. Um, But what is a limited edition? A limited edition is (laughs) they printed limited amounts of it. So it would be 
a false uh, a false scarcity, so you think it's a collector's item. But uh, who makes a lim- <laughs> limited numbers of stuff? You know, <laughs> make marketing sense. It, 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 and <clears throat> limited it, edition. She's not talking about. I mean, wh- okay. So let's take the word limited edition out. And take okay. the phrase that she's talking about where she's saying, ah, we're in this moment. She's talking about story theory, not comic book marketing. Right. You know, and so that moment there might have been the moment where I was like, what? Wait, what? And then at the end, she, she's like, but it's like this emotional moment. And she's, but what about the limited edition? As he's dying. What about the limited yeah. edition? And he's like, oh, this isn't a limited edition. This is an origin this story. This is an origin what, story. Wait, what does that sentence even mean? Like, <laughs> origin story? Whose origin story are we talking about? Well, I mean, it, it turns out we understand later exactly what that means. But it's like... Kind of. If you're, if you're talking story theory, then you need to sort of, you know, stick the landing. <laughs> it's, it's like... You can't you can't just use terms like I mean I'm I'm serious I can't think of any limited edition type you know like when she used the phrase the first time I was I don't think I picked it up as like you know yeah she it being in quotes or anything like that so I was like limited okay and then I'm like what and then she's like what about the limited edition and then I'm like okay so I understand what she's talking about but I'm like. She's yeah. She's talking about the special issue, you know, the special done, confrontation. Yeah, and, and this is this is one of the things I, I think when I'm talking about M Night Shyamalan not surrounding himself with the proper people is because with a little bit of like someone else at the table, they'd be like, oh no, say it this way, or just say one shot, or you know, the 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 whatever it is, and be able to use that terminology but if you're not bouncing your ideas off of anybody it's like there was a um i i find these things you know here and there and there was a a christian rock band in the 1980s and they used they were talking about heaven and they were talking about how uh part of heaven was going to be uh jasmine instead of jasper and i'm (laughs) listening to the song going like wait a minute Anyone in the room, anyone in the creative process could have sat down and said, no, just write Jasper instead. It's Jasper, not Jasmine. Jasmine is like a spice. And you could have also done like this is the the final issue with the final confrontation. Right. You know, there there is your comic book term that brings up the idea of this is the last one, the final confrontation. And sometimes in a comic book series, you get that. Yeah. You know, you with um, the ones that come to mind right away are Rom and Micronauts, which both right. had a final issue. Uh, Micronauts had a couple final issues, but yes. where you just get to say, OK, we're going to go all out. People are going to die and it's going to be the final issue and we're going to go out with a bang. And then she says, but what about, you know, the final confrontation? And he's like, this wasn't the final confrontation. This was the origin story. Right. Yeah, and and so then you actually have a sentence that makes sense. Whereas right. this is not the end. This is a beginning. And yep. it just wait a minute. So that that frustrated me. And then the other thing that did, and this is, you know, we talked about this last episode, how we uh, 
possibly Kevin's dad had been on the, you know, he left on a train. And right. so possibly he had been on the train with David Dunn when the crash happened and David Dunn survives. Right. They missed such a wonderful opportunity there. First of all, they had multiple characters find it out and figure it out. At least two with the sun and glass where they mm-hmm. figure out, oh, this is connected to this. And then they try and keep it a secret. So the kid figures it out and he's like, oh, cut away, you know, and glass right. figures it out and he laughs. And it's a great moment, honestly, because he laughs when he figures it out. And then we cut away. But we missed a moment to really have conflict come out of that where Kevin or the beast or whoever or whatever is going after David Dunn first and then turns his sights on glass when he realizes the glass did it. But we, we get that just a little bit, but it moves so quickly and, and beast going after glass with that. That's great. And then you have him talking about, Oh, it's the turn where the enemies become allies, you know, (laughs) because of the, the hero's sense of righteousness. And, and I was there. Okay. The vocabulary was, was right on. And I was right there. I was like, oh, yeah, that's that. You're doing it right here, M. Night Shyamalan. Mm-hmm. You're doing it right. I like it. Um, I'll forget about the limited edition nonsense. And then <laughs> and then the limited edition comes back. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> can't forget about it because you're going to remind me of it. But um, and, and so, I mean, that's where there's moments of brilliance. And I, I just feel like that last segment there, it could have been edited different. And. And again, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little bit talking about myself here because I've had endings where it felt like this ending where it just feels like I'm trying to put all the pieces together. I have a limited time. And I remember one book that I wrote, I was literally like, I should have just gone back and changed the middle, but instead I just did a ton of panels in the last (laughs) few pages because I don't have much room. So, well, we're going to have eight panels on this page so that we can finish the story. Nice. And I got called out on it in a review, you know, and I'm just, oh, man, <laughs> they, they they figured me out. It wasn't too hard because it's right there on the page, but they figured me can out. You say which, can you say which one it was? Uh, Kingdoms, Kingdoms Volume 1. Okay. Um, Kingdoms Volume 1 just ends very quickly, uh, very abruptly. And Esther also had that happen um, that I did for Kingstone. Um, that one, I tried to fix the middle, but I couldn't. And so I just, I, I did make the ending happen quicker um, just because I didn't have the space and then we changed artists after the book was done. We changed artists and brought in uh, Javier Salteris. And when we changed artists to redraw the whole book, I asked if I could have permission to add uh, three pages, I think. And they gave me that permission. And so I was able to do the ending the way I, I had really wanted it to to land. Nice. So, but Kingdoms, yeah, from Zondervan, volume one. Um it ends and it gets through the, the story, you know, but and it didn't have eight, eight panels on that page. That would be impossible because it was done that small manga size. But, <laughs> but anyway, you know, it just felt like he's rushing through that stuff because then he wants to get to this new twist with the people who have the tattoo of a spade or a flower on the wrist. Yeah, it was, it was like a, a like a, uh, three leaf shamrock type of a yeah yeah uh, not a spade a club um a cl- yeah a club it looked like a club but it looked like a 
pointy plant version of a club. I don't know. Anyway, it was stylized. It was just some. I feel like we didn't need to have that. Um, but I also felt like where I, as a viewer, didn't need to have that. I felt like M Night Shyamalan, as the creator behind it, that's his whole point was to get to that. Yeah. But I felt like there was nothing in this movie other than the fact that I knew that um, the doctor, Sarah Paulin or whatever her name is, um, not Sarah Palin, <laughs> what's her name? <laughs> oh my goodness. Sarah Paulson? Paulson? Paulson, that's it. Um, I knew that she wasn't what she seemed to be because it just, nothing added up with what she was doing. I have three days to fix you, three days to fix you. I'm just like, wait, what? Okay. And then you get to the end and you find out that she's actually there to convince superhero people that they don't have powers so that um, they won't do their superheroing and supervillaining right. uh, instead of just killing them like what they ended up doing. Right. And And so this was not a success. This did not work out for her. But she's then standing at the end and saying, this is the best way. And if with your permission, I'll move to the next city and it's setting up this kind of interesting possible watcher group. But then so much of that, that's just where I use the word goofy with, with that stuff. And, and so that was my problem was if we had just stuck with our three main characters and just allowed them to have their conflict and, and have their resolution and, and end it. Um, instead of we are at the end, we've ended our characters. So they're dead. <laughs> they're all three of them. Right. Well, yeah, they all they all died. And then um, the end game for Glass was it, he was playing against her. She was trying to hide them and he was getting them out in front of the public eye. Right. And so thematically, I understand the two of them against each other. But it's it's sort of like when when things like that happen, and you have someone who is thinking you know twenty levels above everyone else, and he even thought to the point of I'm going to record the the things because I know they're going to be erased. And I'm going to send them to each of these three people. He and he just can't think one extra step where he survived. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, it it seems like you need to to cut off all those options of him surviving where, you know, you see, uh, you know, the the helicopter that he he planned, you know, because he he knew you know, he, that's one of the ways he's and OK, well, there someone, you know, they shoot it and explodes. OK, well, that's OK. But oh, there's the there's the sewer that he knew he was going to be able to, you know, just in case, and here's, you know, plan C and plan and, and just have her be able to, you know, cut them off to a point where the only option he has to make the plan work now is to, you know, sacrifice himself or die. And then that would make sense. And then when, you know, it's keeps playing out and, and Sarah Paulson's character discovers that, you know, all this other stuff happened and her plans are foiled. You'd be like, Oh, okay. Well, that that huge sacrifice. That's why. Not that he just, you know, was just in the battleground too long. I mean, it just it seems like 
an easy way just to get rid of him. And you're just sort of like, eh, you know, one extra step. But I think one thing I, I want to talk about is the actual ending, where a lot of times on this show and with other people, I talk about old time radio yeah. and how it's scarier or better or whatever it is inside your head than it is on a screen. So when you listen to, uh, you know, actual horrible horror on radio or on in audio. Um, the, the thing on the formal board is one of the, the things that I have people listen to. If they really want to have a sense of something in your head, that's scarier than what could be on the screen. That's Arch a, Ob- that's an episode of quiet, please. Right. Quiet, please. Arch yeah. Obler did these wonderful radio plays where you could see the things and they, actually will give you this sense inside you. And I'm, I'm thinking about the episode now, and I'm getting still like some of those feelings. When you see things in your head, you're seeing the worst version of it because they're telling you that this is the worst thing that you can ever imagine. And so how does that the, relate to this, to this ending, though? You get to the end, and, you know, they're like, they're sitting and they're waiting for this thing to happen, and... You know, then it pans away and credits roll and you think to yourself, what could possibly happen if you just invest yourself into that scene and you say, what would be the next thing that happens? You mean where she's you know, talking to the, the group of people in the restaurant? No, there's the, the, the three of them are sitting in the. Uh, oh, oh, in, oh, OK. In and, the, the train terminal. Yeah. And they're, it's pulling away. And what could be the next thing to happen? You know, and you you could you think to yourself, I'm not I'm not going to tell you. I mean, for me, it could be, you know, someone grows to be 150 feet tall, and you know, and or something, and yeah, I can see that in my head. And for someone else, it would be like a thousand people all of a sudden get superpowers, or you know, whatever happens, maybe those three get superpowers. You don't know, you know, because it's all that potentiality that's in your head. And M. Night Shyamalan is saying, if this is the last of his trilogy and he's never going to revisit this universe, he's saying, it's all up to you. Whatever you think is going to happen, imagine if that was it. And how wonderful, how awesome, how awful, how terrifying, how how awesome. I mean, whatever it's going to be, that's how you have it that's that's what is given to you in old time radio it's that awful thing or you know thinking of the superman episodes where you're thinking of superman flying i mean you can't fly but you're thinking of a man flying and it's in your head and you can see it so it's like it's it's all like preloaded the three movies was just to get you to think of what would be what would be the the next step in this universe and that, if that's what he was going for, is sort of genius because it's really taking people back to a point where, hey, use your own imagination. You know, I have these three characters here and the most any of them ever did was, you know, pump up a little bit and make and look more muscular than the other version of himself. You know, other than that, you didn't really see 
you know, people jumping over buildings or, you know, things like that. I mean, like, like they said that the most of the stuff that, that they did could be explained away, you know, is it, is it high level, top level human abilities? Yes. But could someone do it? I mean, people climb up sheer surfaces of buildings, you know, deer devils and stuff like that. You know, the human fly, um, people like that. And, and so you, you have people who can lift amazing amounts of, of weight. You have that, you have people who are, I mean, so, you know, what would be that next step? And I think that's probably the most spiritual element of this whole trilogy is where you have him talking about, they're going to try and explain this away, you know, right. And, and they might even do a good job of it, but but we know, you know, and, and that's where I, I, my imagination in that situation really goes to, um, talking about, um, miracles with someone where the talk was, okay, so you videotape someone, um, you know, with your phone or whatever, uh, getting healed mm-hmm. or raising from the dead and you show it to someone, even that is not proof. Because, well, you could be acting, you know, or right. or whatever. Um, and so we are in this weird place right now where seeing can't even be believing. Because yeah. what you see without seeing it in person with your own eyes is not what it looks like or could not be what it looks like. And you know, you take a video and you cut off the beginning, you cut off the end and you suddenly have something that could go, you can interpret it a a billion different ways. And, you know, just so the videos that are coming out of these people, uh, I'm just surprised. I mean, people are watching it, but that's the kind of thing where, yeah, if that happened today, now with us, most people would be looking that at that and being, you know, well, that's fake. You know, that's right. That's not real because it doesn't fit into what I know of the world and and therefore it must not be real. Right. And and that's where, you know, and and so they started this movie off. There's a lot of cameras in this movie and intentionally. So, you know, you so you start off with the guys who are doing the YouTube punch Superman punch thing. Uh And then you have. um the 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 surveillance cameras that are put in the place, you know, and you yeah, have hundred cameras. Yeah, these these different things. And then at the end you have it's all, you know, the social media thing. And and I was trying to figure out what is he trying to say about social media? Um <laughs> and and in the end I don't think he was trying to say anything about social media. I think he was trying to say something about, you know, believing the truth, you know, and and that the truth can be about the best of us, not necessarily the worst of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately that, that is what social media is. Social media tends to be about the worst of us. Right. Um, and yeah. So as I, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, okay, so what was he trying to say here? And, um, the thing that is interesting is that the stuff we're talking about here all comes out of the mouth of the mastermind who's evil, mm-hmm. who is a, um, he's an admitted bad guy. Right. But he's doing these things that are they for the betterment of of humankind? Is it just because Sarah Paulson is his enemy and 
Um, and the system is his enemy. Uh, I mean, he always looked at his relationship with, with David Dunn as, you know, we need each other. I need to mentor you so right. that you can be my arch enemy. <laughs> I want a worthy arch enemy. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, what kind of bad guy is that where I need to create the good guy because I'm such a bad guy. Right. Is that, would is Lex it, Luthor do that? Well, yeah. Are, are you really, <laughs> are you really the bad guy? If you know you're the bad guy, and so you create a good guy to stop yourself. Right. I mean, that to me is someone setting up, uh, you know, an, a parachute plan for like, okay, if my diet goes wrong, I have this accountability, <laughs> you know? And so I, I know I'm going to eat what I shouldn't eat, but I have this accountability here who can stop me when I do. Right. Or, uh, Another example, um, I know people who have uh, the accountability things for your computer where yep. other men can see um, every website you've ever gone to that right. week. And so they're able to stay accountable with you as you're watching over each other's shoulder for that inevitable time when you're tempted to do the wrong thing. But mm-hmm. you know you have – you know that as you're planning to do the bad guy thing, looking at porn, you have the good guy over there who is going to stop you and who is, you know, has your back because of his, you know, as a hero, the, the righteousness, you know, whatever of it, it does bring up some interesting ideas. And that's why, like I said, there's, it's, there's brilliance in there. There's brilliance in there, but then there's moments where it's just kind of, uh, did we need to go there with the super hero squashing team? <laughs> you know, did, did we need that extra right. layer of things? Yeah. But yeah. I guess it if was... you're going to do what you're talking about with the videos at the end, you needed someone to give weight to that conflict. But, you know, you still it, – it's – there's still a misplaced motivation. You know, you're like, where did this group come from? How do they know? Why do they – care how did they get together why do they meet in you know public places like i mean so dramatic you know it's like i thought there was some mind control going on when they're in that restaurant the first flashback they're in that restaurant all of a sudden everyone stops talking yeah and then someone says we're doing you know it's like are they under her control (laughs) <laughs> is she mind controlling them right now? Is she going to mind yeah. control him right now? Yeah. No. Yeah. I thought that she had a superpower. Yep. Definitely. I thought that she was one of them and, you know, maybe even a greater mastermind than, than us. And then she talks them out of it and they, you know, for whatever reason, maybe disbelieving your power means you lose your power. And then, you know, then she gets their powers or, you know, is more powerful because they don't have their, you know, I, I thought it was going to go something like that. Um, at one point in the movie, I was just like, oh, okay. And I was really sure that, um, what's her name? The, the young, the, the, the girl, the younger girl, mm-hmm. um, the Casey. high school girl, Casey. Um, I, I thought that she was going to have that, like I said in the, the other episode, 
where it seemed as though she were invisible at least one point in the in the movie and i was like is is it perceptionally invisible where she just you know doesn't have as big an ego as needs to be to have people be aware of her or something i didn't know what the deal was i thought maybe they would follow up on that instead that you know she played a, a you know an, an important part in in the whole split thing which was you know again it's 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 difficult because you know i i know people in my extended family who have mental issues and seeing them even if they you know have superpowers and they're you know mentally disturbed it's still it's it's difficult to to you know really put a my whole weight behind those types of characters um yeah, but what what made it work for me in a way that it didn't work for me last time? Because last time, like, it was specifically this is a real thing in our real world, and they're talking about it as if it does this, and it's like, no, just give it another name, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. Just call it something else, and then yeah. you know. But in this one, first of all, it was nice, you know when they captured the horde and your foster family already knows, you know, and, and so they made it clear she's living with a foster family. And then she makes it clear when she's talking to Kevin, my uncle's in prison. He's in jail because I put him there, you know, right. and it's just, okay, good, good. And then she's talking to him about, um, you know, uh, she, she's making that connection with him. And, you know, there's, there's a saying that hurting people, hurt people you know someone who's if you're someone who's hurt hurts other people hurting people hurt people but hurt people can also help heal other hurt people you know Mm -hmm. in a way like i can talk to someone and and try and be understanding and try and you know be a sympathetic ear and maybe even give a little bit of advice if it's if it's welcome you know um but i can't empathize in the same way someone who's gone through the same thing can and and that's one positive there's one net positive that comes out of the all the junk we go through as humans is that we are able to share the hope of getting through that junk with other humans and and that's kind of what you see with her where she's sharing that with him and helping him to cope and and helping him to realize, you know, some healing because she's realized some healing. She's not completely healed and, and she may never be completely healed in, of her wounds. Right. But right. because of what she did go through on the other side where she found the strength to stand up to her uncle after all that she went through and split, um, you know, the 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 best part to me of her story arc is in this in this movie where you see her turning around and turning that pain around so that she can help other people and empathize with other people. And I really appreciated that, that element of things. So that, that was good. Yeah. Moments of brilliance, you know, (laughs) like moments of great planning and, and then moments of hmm, limited edition. I thought it was kind of funny. I I got a little, um, sense of strangers and aliens when um the kid was in the comic book shop 
and it had the big sign that said heroes and then another one that said villains <laughs> and i could hear from our opening mono you know open opening uh song there heroes villains yeah <laughs> and did this is something i might have misheard but as soon as i heard it i was like wait a minute what and uh when she went to to find out more about uh superheroes and she said you know when did when did the first comic book come out? And the guy said, well, 1929 was when they first collected, you know, comic strips in a, in a book. And it sounded like he said, and then 1930 was when, you know, the guy in the tights. No, you know, no. They, he said 38, I think. Did he say 38? Cause I, as yeah. soon as he said it, I was like, no, it wasn't 30. Okay. okay. It wasn't 30. No. All right. I misheard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they at least got that right. The guy, the other people in the room <laughs> were there for that at least, but, yeah. Yeah. So overall, I mean, it's a satisfying trilogy to me. Except for the act four twist where suddenly you're like, oh, this is a big organization that's behind this. And then everyone's dead. I hated that. But you're supposed to hate that. You know, I didn't want David Dunn to be dead. You know, I didn't actually mind the secret organization there's just no no setup for it there's right no that's why i minded it i wouldn't yeah. have minded it if there had been some sort of setup because every other m night Shyamalan movie that has a big twist at the end kind of yeah. makes it so that when you watch it the second time you're like oh now i yeah. see it yeah but at least when you walk out of the theater the first time there's still like oh and as you're thinking back now i remember Oh, so that scene meant this, that scene meant that. Then you go back and watch it the second time. You're like, oh, and you and you just have a clearer view of all this stuff. Yeah. That's not the case here. Right. It's I, like it's like watching a, a mystery movie or reading a mystery book. And then the entire thing devolves to it's like, oh, oh, it was the person's twin sister who you never knew that they had right, a twin sister right. or a sister. Never introduced a character. I mean, there's no hints. There's no clues. There's no nothing. So that's why I mean, that 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 bothered me that we get to that last moment where they're killing David Dunn. And that's that's the moment when you realize something weird is going on because you see the guy with the tattoo. And I'm like, are they introducing a new character? Well, yeah, yeah, they are. And wait a minute. OK, so are they introducing a new character for the sequel for David Dunn to go up against in this? Nope, <laughs> that's not what they're doing. But they are literally introducing a a new character and redefining another character in that last moment. Yeah. But there's no, they, they don't earn it in that last moment. Yeah. And he dies being drowned in a puddle of all the things. Well, it's like, that I, that I kind of like the irony, you know, the, I, the idea that here's the super strong guy who his weakness is water. Okay. But he doesn't drown in a pool. He drowns in three inches of water. But I didn't, I, maybe I don't understand it. If he's wet, does his strength go away? Apparently, that's not the way they set it up in Unbreakable for me. No. But apparently, that's what's happening. I thought he could drown. That was his his weakness. Right. Like, you know, originally Superman could drown. So he doesn't you know? like water. Like, I, that's the way I thought it was. He right. can drown. That's the one thing that can kill him. Right. Except for maybe old age, because he definitely ages. But yeah. he could drown... But that just means that he doesn't like to be around water. He still has to drink. 
you know? when he when he was in the in in the water jug there, he was hitting the thing hard enough to break it out. That's true. So, you know, I'm like, if he's that strong, but he's out of breath when he's when he's he, yeah, he's out of breath. But someone is shoving your face in a puddle, and that other person, as far as we know, doesn't have super strength. So well, I, I thought he do, did though. <laughs> I mean, I did until. You realize, no, they're actually, they don't want people with super strength. Right. So you're sort of like a twist, <laughs> you know, your, your head is, it has a neck that twists. Try that. You know, <laughs> I'm like, there's so many different things that I'm like, uh, so. Yeah. So yeah. Moments of brilliance yeah. and then moments like that where it's, ah, yeah. So that is glass, and I'm sure there's more we could talk about. There is one more thing I do want to make sure we talk about, and that is uh, – remember last time I mentioned someone saying that um, Unbreakable was the good movie version of Fireproof, and I yeah. couldn't remember who said it? Well, they listened to the episode, and they posted on <laughs> Facebook. And so, <laughs> so Christopher Willett – said, I was excited by my unnamed shout out. <laughs> when Fireproof was out, I used to tell people that it was a nice lesson plan and you should then watch Unbreakable to see how that could be presented as a movie. <laughs> then uh, he also posted and said, Unbreakable is the perfectly constructed film. Not a frame is extra. Every moment tells a story. I thought Split was awesome at the end. Then it was jawbreaking. I'm a little nervous about Glass because last time I was this excited about a film was Justice League. And the time before that was when I went to see my favorite director who knocks it out of the park every time. And in my glow-in-the-dark signs shirt, because Lady in the Water, Village, Devil, and Unbreakable don't glow, so why wear them in the movie theater, I saw The Happening. <laughs> so twice, not let down, but pushed out of an airplane while a guy yells, Hey, isn't this your parachute? And the water in the pool under me is being drained away to coincide with my impact. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to glass. So he's looking forward to it, feeling a little nervous. Um, but let's get to the twist ending. He posted a third time. And he said, I've seen glass. M. Night is one of the greatest artists ever. So. Wow. And he capitalized greatest artists ever. Um, so that. That is intentional. And That's something. Yeah. Uh, so all that said, apparently you liked it. So that's good. <laughs> you liked it more than us, but that's not to say we didn't like it. Yeah. You know? And um, I mean, to, to tell the truth, the stuff in Split was – the stuff in Split was disturbing enough that I have, you know, that closeness to it. And it's – when I get stuff that's that close to disturbing things in my real life, you know, sometimes it's just, you, you can't appreciate or, or, you know, feel entertained by something that is, you know, it causes people actual pain. So that could be my deal. Why I didn't, uh, you know, fully enjoy split. And then, you know, going into glass, it's coming off of split. So, you know, maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't get the full, uh, you know, positive effect of the of the thing but i i can see the the way that he turned everything around and he actually you know recut the very first scene of unbreakable unbreakable to now include um uh, kevin's father 
Kevin's father, yeah. you know, and you get that whole whole sense of it. Um, you know, reusing the the un unused scenes from Unbreakable. I mean, you know, little things like that where it, it was, you know, obviously this was a labor of love going into it. Um, as a writer, as a creator, I see little holes and little things like that, you know, and you do too. And, and I think anyone who's, who's, uh, honest about it will, will say that they see those things almost in everything. I mean, you know, Avengers films have holes in them and stuff like that. Um, this one just seemed as though it wasn't written by someone in the industry. So it wasn't as comic booky as it needed to be needed to be to, to, pass muster so like i said i i liked parts of it i didn't like other parts of it i didn't feel like it was a waste of my time or money um and the artistry is definitely there that's the one thing i can clearly say is the artistry was there and this is a guy who is taking these things he created 20 years ago and pulling those threads out to say well, okay what what can i say with these characters today yeah yeah and to watch the the you know the son grow up to be the guy in the chair you know, like yeah. that was, that was cool. Yeah. And, and and then even to see, yeah, Casey be able to, um, grow from what happened to her yeah. and, and then seeing that, um, you know, glasses, glasses mom, mom is, yeah. is still just, you know, I love him and uh, it doesn't matter what he did because he's my, he's my little boy, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah so it, all things considered, I liked the movie, um, but there were parts that just really, really bugged me and then parts that really, really connected with me. And so I end up with this kind of half and half kind of thing where um, will I watch it again? Probably. But maybe not because I feel like if, you're, if I'm going to watch this again, I have to watch Unbreakable and Split again as well. Uh. But if I want to watch Unbreakable again, I can just watch that and be done with it. So the, the investment yeah. to watch this one is there's a, there's a high entry point there. Um, right. But someday I'll see lady in the water and I'll be able to compare everything then. But, and that's another thing. I thought he was going to pull in more characters from his other projects. That would have been interesting, you know, to, to have that. And when I, when you saw the, the club on the gut, you know, the tattoo, I thought to myself, is that a character from, you know, a character reference from another one of his movies? Cause I don't, haven't seen them all. Um, so, and I thought that that would have been an interesting way to, to, to pull that in as well, but I guess not. Well, I think that they would have been hard to do that with though. Um, you know, the happening is kind of an end of the world scenario mm-hmm. that then I don't want to say too much, but I, I don't feel like it'd be easy to connect that with this world. Um, because basically that would have meant that between when David Dunn did his thing first and this movie, um, the end of the world almost happened, you know, and, <laughs> and the same with signs, the alien invasion, right? You know, there was an alien invasion between chapter one and chapter two with split. And <laughs> like, I think the world might be a little bit different. I don't know, but the, at least think they'd be mentioning it. Um, it'd be Remember hard. It, it'd be hard to pull those worlds together without, um, derailing one world or the other. Right. <laughs> And then it'd be after funny Earth if Macaulay and, Culkin showed up and said, "I see them now." That's, <laughs> no, Haley, uh, Joel Haley Osment. Oh, was it him? Yeah, yeah. Macaulay Culkin is not from Six. No, okay, yeah, all right. 
haven't seen it in such a long time. That would have been interesting, though, to find out at the end of this movie that they that all three of them were dead. <laughs> like, <laughs> the whole time. Split, Glass, and uh, and Unbreakable. They're all three of them. They're just dead. Yeah. Well, that is the end of this episode. Steve, I'm sure there's more we could talk about, but do you have any final words to give people? I do. And my final words, I've got them right here. Hold on just a second. They are, I will encounter darkness as a bride and hug it in mine arms. That'll work. That's my final (laughs) word. That'll do. My final word is, as usual, thank you so much for listening. And thank you so much for letting us do this podcast. We enjoy doing it. You're listening. That's why we do it. Um, I guess we probably would do it even if no one was listening. But because people are listening makes it a lot more fun so thank you for listening and uh, as usual wherever your journey takes you from now to 20 years from now um, whatever it is Godspeed you've been listening to the Strangers and Aliens podcast hosted by Ben Avery Evan David Steve McDonald, and Dr. J. Samuel. Our music was composed and mixed by Tim Leffel. We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is 1-804-37-ALIEN. And once again, thanks for listening. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Strangers and Aliens. My name is Ben, Ben Avery, and I'm here with my friend... Steve McDonald. That's right. And we are here. Did you forget my name again? Huh? Did you forget my name again? Is that why you paused? Uh, No. It was dramatic effect. Oh, okay. And then throwing it over to you, man. No, no. You you were perfect timing that time. What? Yeah. 250 episodes and finally perfect timing. Oh, 270 maybe? Wow. We're, We're up there. No, we're over 300, right? Yeah, we are. We're over. Three, we did. We yeah. did three hundred episodes, but you know, you weren't in every one of them. So no. So we've yeah, been, yeah. We, we together we've done it. Right. Right. Exactly. So, so <laughs> we are here to talk about the movie Glass.